0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Kentucky basketball is going to be without Aaron Bradshaw and Uguna Onyenso for another few weeks. Or will they? John Calipari says they may be back sooner.
0: You are locked on Kentucky. Your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: All right, what is going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on into Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Daw, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC related things. But on this podcast, we take a dive into all things Kentucky. Athletics today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. You can empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of 5 antibiotics that treat over 50 infections. You can get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's j a s e medical.com on today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. We are going to be discussing a couple of John Calipari's comments at SEC Basketball Media Days. He said that Aaron Bradshaw and Ugunan Yinzo could possibly be returning sooner rather than later, or they may be returning a little bit past the initial time period that he said. We've got some things to dissect here uh, with a couple of his quotes. We're also going to get to more bold predictions from you guys, I'm giving a scale of one to ten on how bold your takes are for the upcoming season for Kentucky basketball. If you've got any bold takes or hot takes you would like to drop in the YouTube comments below, please go ahead and do so. If you're listening on podcast at uh, at Locked On UK is where you could hit me on Twitter to drop some of those hot takes. Thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. Want to remind everyone out there we're free and available on all platforms. Subscribe wherever you are listening. Let's go ahead and get into it. Could Aaron Bradshaw and you gun on Yenzo be returning sooner than John Calipari previously stated? If you did not catch big blue madness, or you've not been listening to this show or you've not seen it other places, uh, John Calipari during big blue madness uh, just a little while ago said that he believes that Aaron Bradshaw, you gun on Yenzo the two big men for Kentucky basketball this season outside of Zonamir, who is now officially uh, cleared and uh, not eligible yet by the NCAA, but we'll we'll talk about that at, the, at a later date. But those two big men, uh, he said, because of their injuries, are probably going to be out another five to six weeks. And that sent everybody into a little bit of a panic saying, we'll never see Aaron Bradshaw in a Kentucky uniform We may not see you gun on Yenzo until halfway through conference play. I mean, there were a lot of people that were uh, really, really upset about this news from Coach Cal saying that there's going to be some time here before he's ready to let them play. I think it's really important to note. I don't know if Cal said this, but I want to start the show off here by saying if they return sooner rather than later, that's really, really good. If they return later than expected, that's uh, not necessarily great. It's not what you would like, but there's not a really really a whole lot we can do about it, especially whenever you factor in the time that they need in practice to get comfortable. I believe I talked about this on a previous episode. I want to restate it here at the top of an episode just so that we're very clear. When Aaron Bradshaw and on Yinzo return to practice, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be ready to play at 100% at the uh, at the top of their game for the next matchup. Wh- whoever that may be, whatever team that may be, it's not a guarantee that they're going to be ready for that game. They will need time in practice to get healthy, to get comfortable, because Bradshaw hasn't really had a whole lot of opportunity to play with the rest of this roster. Ugana and Yenzo didn't really have many minutes last year, and there are a lot of new faces around him, so... Kentucky's got their work cut out for them rehabbing these guys in practice, getting them comfortable in practice. But Coach Cal at SEC Basketball Media Days was asked about Hugo, was asked about Aaron Bradshaw, and he said about both of them that he regrets initially putting a timeline on both of their recoveries from their foot injuries because he doesn't know if they'll be back at the start of the season. He doesn't know if they'll be back later than expected, but he says that they're both on the right path. A couple of quotes here from SEC Media Days: quote, they're on the right path, both of them. Hugo is a little behind Aaron because of the timing of the injury and his surgery, but they're both progressing really good. Another quote here on the recovery time, quote, they're both progressing really good and we'll learn something each week about where they are. I don't want to put a date or time on it because what if they're earlier? Or how about this? What if it takes them longer? I really do hope that this does not develop into a long-term, uh, just kind of like I haven't seen them, and you never really get to hear much out of either of these players for the rest of the season. Cal also stated uh, in the same, same conversation here with whoever asked the question about them that uh, that he believes that there is, again, like he said, not necessarily a timetable on it, but on top of that, uh, it's it's one of those things where it's just like there's not really a whole lot that he can do about a common injury. I mean, it is what it is. The best that he can do is try and get these, these kids healthy uh, as quick as possible and then make sure that they are 100% healthy. Nothing that he can really do about a pretty common injury. Uh, so you've got the good and the bad there uh, in that statement. So could Aaron Bradshaw and Hugo be returning sooner rather than later? Uh, absolutely, especially for Aaron Bradshaw. Um, But could they also be returning about five to six weeks from now? Maybe five. But, yeah, probably. Could they be returning a little bit later than that at the start of SEC play? Yeah, that's absolutely a possibility for Kentucky. I mean, that's how we originally thought this was going to go, Way back in the summer. I mean, when you and I were talking about how Aaron Bradshaw would recover from this, if he would ever actually play, I think where I kind of landed is like, look, get these guys back before conference play, and I think you're going to be okay with it. And you have to kind of accept what I think Cal is still bothered by. You mentioned this at Big Blue Madness, is that Kentucky, maybe for these first few games, maybe for a hot minute here, isn't going to have a true center. Seth Greenberg said something similar on that broadcast, saying something that's going to be very difficult for Kentucky and Coach Cal this year is managing two different teams. So you look at the starting lineup, right? You've got DJ Wagner. You've got Rob Dillingham at your point guard, right? Antonio Reeves, Reed Shepard at your shooting guard. A, uh, Justin Edwards, a Duthiero at your three. Thiero can slide down to four if you need him to. Trey Mitchell at your st- at your starting four. I think it's very possible that he is there. Then you've got Jordan Burks and a Duthiero. If you need to slide those guys down, uh, you, you go, uh, if he's healthy, we'll be ready. Zvonimir, Trey Mitchell. I don't really know how they're going to run that rotation at center with the start of the season. I think one through three is the same. And with Aaron Bradshaw back, maybe before you go, because of surgery, like, like Cal mentioned, you may see Mitchell and Bradshaw starting beside each other. I mean, that seems pretty likely, and whether or not you classify one as a power forward and one as a a center, I don't really think it matters. I mean, Bradshaw's probably going to play a little bit more of a center role when you look at matchups. Maybe I'm wrong on that. We'll have to see the the teams that they actually play and how they execute against them, but I I think that you're going to be fine, at least for this beginning of the schedule. You're going to be okay. I think you're going to be okay. Aaron Bradshaw and Trey Mitchell taking on Hunter Dickinson. I'm eager to see what that looks like. I'm not saying that Hunter Dickinson's bad. I'm not saying that Kentucky's going to wallop on him. Uh, I'm just saying I think Kentucky has has a good roster, and I think them not necessarily having an extremely strong center presence for a few weeks is not the biggest deal in the world. Also, um, as he continues to get comfortable in practice, Big Z, Von Amir, is going to be somebody that you may see in this rotation I'm very, very, very curious to see what this rotation does look like during their first exhibition game on the 27th. Uh, I'm, I'm very eager to see what that looks like. So if you've got any thoughts on Aaron Bradshaw, and you Gunna to on returning maybe sooner, maybe later, don't really have a timeline on it, I'd like to be more optimistic mystic about Aaron Bradshaw than you go, you can leave that in the YouTube comments below, or you can hit me on the socials at LockedOnUK. All right, before I get to your bold predictions... For this upcoming Kentucky basketball season, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at Jace Medical. There is a lot of uncertainty in the world today, and it's really important to be prepared. And thanks to Jace Medical, you can do just that with their Jace case. It is a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that treat the most common and deadly bacterial infections. You can also customize this case and add additional life-saving medications based on your unique needs. All it takes to get a Jace case is fill out a simple online form and in some cases jump on a quick call with one of their board certified physicians. You can get ongoing care from our physicians on any treatment related questions. It is doctor created and doctor recommended. You do not want to be caught unprepared. Choose the medications that best fit you and your family's unique needs by going to jacemedical.com and entering code LOCKEDON at checkout for a $20 discount on your order. Again, that is promo code LOCKEDON at Jasemedical.com. Jace Medical, making sure you don't get caught unprepared. Today's episode is also brought to you by Fandle. Snap into the action this season With FanDuel, America's number one sports book, right now new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose, and if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action. We are wading deeper and deeper into the NFL season, and they've got so many different betting options for the NFL, among other sports, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. The app is incredibly easy to use. You can also visit fanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off your NFL season. That is FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL.
0: The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: All right, continuing along here on the Wednesday edition of Locked On Kentucky. Lance Dahl hanging out here with you. Really appreciate you making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. I've continued to shout them out because they absolutely deserve it. Andy Patton, Isaac Shade of the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. They do great work over there. They're bringing you all this new content here as the season is about to begin. Previewing all these different conferences, giving breakdowns, takes, opinions on what's about to happen. This season, there is a slate of really, really good games to start off the year uh, here in just a couple of weeks. You need to go check out the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Again, Andy Patton, Isaac Shade. Great, great, great stuff there from them. I hop on on occasion to talk about the Wildcats, and they're talking about the Wildcats on their own quite a good bit. You can find them wherever you get your podcast or on YouTube if you're watching here. Would appreciate it if you went and threw them a subscription here after we go through our bold predictions. So we've got four more, actually, excuse me, we've got five bold predictions to get to here for today, and I want to remind you guys, if you have any bold predictions for Kentucky basketball's upcoming season, please make sure to leave them in the YouTube comments below. At LockedOnUK is also another place on Twitter that you can submit your bold predictions. I also asked Rup Rafters uh, this question recently, so maybe we'll get some response for them. Hadn't been on that message board in a while. Um, Quite frankly, it was just a little too much for me. (laughs) So, bold predictions here. Uh, Chapter 2, as Josh Pate would say. uh, I'm going to take a look at these bold predictions from you guys, and on a scale of 1 to 10, I'm going to tell you how bold... I think it is. 1 is not bold at all. 10 is about as hot as the take can get. Let's get here to Izix, who had a question or had a bold prediction on yesterday's episode as well. And he says, Kentucky will be a top 10 team, will win the SEC championship, and will at least make it to the Elite Eight in the NCAA tournament. Isix, this is where I would like to see Kentucky get this season. Now, does that mean our 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 excitement here uh, means that's like, that's what I'm Uh, predicting as well. I would like to see Kentucky, if they win the SEC championship, which is something that I believe that they are more than capable of doing in the regular season this year. If they win the SEC championship, uh, I would like to think that they're a top 10 team. I think that by default, to an extent, you will have two of these boxes checked off if one is true about the other at the end of the regular season. I like this prediction. I really do because again, this is something I want to happen Will Kentucky make it to at least the Elite Eight in the NCAA tournament? I I really do hope so. That's all I'm going to say is I don't really know. We won't really know until they get to March. We won't really know until we get to late January, mid-February, uh, somewhere around there after they play Gonzaga. We're going to really know what this team is truly made of, how healthy they are, what's the outlook for the postseason. Seeding is going to be much more important at around that time. After you get that Gonzaga game, it's probably going to be pretty clear whether or not you are boosted Uh, with that extra massive win on your resume. So we will keep tabs on that whenever that time gets here. As for now, I can say that I think that this team's ceiling is a national championship. So I don't think an Elite Eight is out of the question. I really like this bold prediction from Izix because I want it to happen. I will say for all the three of these things to happen, the top 10 team win the SEC championship and at least make it to the Elite Eight in the NCAA tournament, I will give this one an 8 or a 7.5, somewhere around there, maybe 7.75 on the boldness scale. I think that the, that to to break these recent trends, to make the Elite Eight, would be certainly an accomplishment for Kentucky to also beat out teams like Tennessee and Texas A&M and Alabama and Auburn for the SEC Championship. Game, championship. Don't forget Mississippi State and Florida in there as well, uh, two teams that you may want to keep an eye on, uh, on top of those others that I listed. Very deep year in the SEC as it has been for the past half decade or so. But yeah, 7.75 on the boldness scale. The second bold prediction here comes from Boz278. And I want to focus primarily here on the individual on the Kentucky team instead of what he's going to perform as relative to the rest of the conference. The prediction from Boz, Antonio Reeves will be the leading scorer in the SEC this upcoming season. Antonio Reeves, if I'm not mistaken, led the Kentucky Wildcats in scoring just a season ago. He is one of the best shooters, I've said over and over, not just in this conference, but in the entire country. 14.4 points per game last season for the 6'5 senior. I think Antonio Reeves could absolutely do this. If he plays to the level that he played in, uh, in the Global Jam earlier this offseason, I think you could absolutely see a jump from 14 and a half to somewhere around 17 to 18 points per game. I was saying that coming out of the Global Jam. I've been saying that since then, and I will repeat it once more here. Antonio Reeves, I think, will lead this team in scoring if it is not DJ Wagner. I think that those are the two candidates you have that are the most likely to lead your team in points per game this year. Aside from the players in the SEC that you really like this upcoming year, Wade Taylor I think is probably the first one that comes to mind here for me when talking about other players that can make a splash here uh, with the uh, with the preseason all SEC teams being announced recently. Uh, I think I think that uh, Wade Taylor is the one that I'm really really looking at here and if you're talking about front court players, Tolu Smith, Jani Broom are the two that always come up for me. Uh, I think that those two are probably going to be the ones that are are contending for this as well. There's probably a couple of different players that we just don't know about yet that are across the SEC. Maybe somebody from Missouri, uh, maybe somebody from that very interesting Florida roster that we've been talking about, Riley Krugel, uh, if that's how you pronounce his last name. Maybe he's somebody that steps up for them. But I, I think that that with this roster because this is what I want to focus on here. With this roster, you have to ask the question, okay, if Antonio Reeves is going to be the leading scorer on on the team this year, what does that mean for the rest of the team and for the outlook of the season? Because I think if Antonio Reeves is your leading scorer, then that's really, really good, right? You've gotten great backcourt production, I think, from your shooting guard spot, uh, which has lacked at different times over the past few years uh, for UK. I think you've got a very confident leader that is expected to lead statistically to an extent and is expected to lead on the court. So I think things would be going as anticipated. But do you see that production taken away from other players? Meaning, does Reeves just get the ball more? Does he shoot the ball more than a lot of other players? Which I think he's going to, to an extent. But does he take it away from... Wagner, does he take moments away from Dillingham, Justin Edwards? There's going to be times where Trey Mitchell wants to get his buckets. Zvonimir has come out and said he's a three-point shooter. There are guys on this roster that want to take shots. There are a lot of guys on this roster that really want to take shots. So I think that you have to ask, does the production, is it removed elsewhere? Or is Reeves just going to be that insanely efficient like he was during the global jam or somewhat like he was during the global jam. You can't expect him to replicate those numbers again. If he's going to be some something like that, you know, do we see these other players just continue to be what we expect them to be? Do they blossom? Like we think they will. And what we've seen on paper is, you know, there's a lot of talent surrounding Antonio Reeves and other players are going to pop. Hopefully they do. And hopefully it's not just a one man band here in this backcourt, It's what it's felt like a couple of different times over the last few years. I really do hope it's a one-two punch with DJ Wagner and Reeves. I hope Reeves leads in scoring, and then you've got a second player who also can get some serious buckets at times as well. So I think that this is very possible that Antonio Reeves will be the leading scorer in the SEC. I will give this one a a 6.5 on the boldness scale because I like the take I think it's very interesting. I think that there's an opportunity for this to happen. If it does, though, let's let's really focus on how it happens and what the success of the season looks like outside of that. And I don't necessarily it means oh if Reeves bad then or Reeves is bad then Kentucky's going to suck. I'm saying if or excuse me if Reeves is good then Kentucky's going to suck because the other players aren't getting touches. I'm just saying how does the rest of the team come alongside him if he's playing really well? I think that'll be an interesting thing to monitor. All right, we've got three more bold predictions here. To get to before I get to them though, guys. I want to tell you guys about our friends over at eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors. You can keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply, eBay guaranteed fit, available only to U.S. customers.
0: The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: All right, wrapping up the Wednesday edition of Locked On Kentucky. Really appreciate you guys making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. Three more bull predictions for you guys before we wrap things up here. Jason Eastham, 2546, has a couple of predictions here. We're going to get to the first one. Kentucky is going to be a top three team by January. Top three team in the country. Will the Kentucky Wildcats be by January? So when does their January slate start? Well, it starts on January 6th at home or on the road, excuse me, against Florida. So pretty much what Jason is saying here is that Kentucky basketball is going to play so well during their non-conference slate, excluding Gonzaga. They will play so well here, they're going to be a top three team. Now, obviously, a couple of things have to, have to happen. You have to win out. You have to go undefeated. I find it very difficult to believe that Kentucky is third or higher if they don't beat the conglomerate of Kansas. I think Marshall is a good team you have to look at. Miami, North Carolina, and Louisville. You have to beat those teams. Also, for some reason, Kim Palm is high on St. Joseph's, so uh, keep an eye on those, those those guys there. But yeah, that conglomerate of teams. You have to beat them. You cannot lose to Kansas. You cannot slip up against Miami. You can't lose to Louisville. You certainly can't lose to Louisville, which, by the way, Kentucky only has a, a chance, or is predicted only when they get by six on the road. Ooh, I'm looking forward to that game. I'm not feeling great about it right now, and it has nothing to do with Kentucky's talent. Um you you cannot lose to these good teams. And not only can you can you not afford to have a loss if you're going to be a top 3 team. I think you got to blow some people out. I think you have to make some statements. If you are going to be a top 3 team after currently being 16th in the preseason AP poll, you got to beat Kansas you got to beat UNC you got to beat Miami and you got to blow somebody out you got to blow somebody out 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 of the water and what team may that be before I name this team I would like to sit here and preface it, uh, preface it by saying I am not predicting this game to be a blowout. I talked about this on yesterday's show I think it's going to be very competitive. I would pick Kentucky to win because bias um if you want to call it that uh, but I, I think that North Carolina, The last time Kentucky faced off against this squad, with a backcourt I did not have a ton of faith in, I mean, they just ran them up and down the court and just destroyed them. Scored nearly 100 points on them. I don't think that that's going to happen again this season because it's two completely different rosters. But, I mean, if you're looking at making a statement win here to kind of vault you to this top three, as you wrap up conference, or if you as you wrap up the non-con slate, excluding Gonzaga, that could very well be it. That could very well be it. Where North Carolina is the one thing. After you beat Miami, after you make a statement against Kansas, this is your big time win. Where you go on the road, you go to a neutral site in Atlanta, and you just run somebody out of the gym. Um, again, not predicting that, predicting it to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. But this is all a hypothetical to try and set, set up what the bold prediction here is which is that a top three team in January are the Kentucky Wildcats. I will give this one, and this is, again, predicting Kentucky to go undefeated before they open up SEC play. I will give this one an 8.5. I'm not sold that Kentucky is going to go undefeated in S or non-conference play. I think that there's a very good chance Kentucky only loses one game and then they're able to just kind of out-talent other different teams. Maybe they get a little lucky against a team like North Carolina. Maybe they eke out a win against Louisville on the road. Maybe they close things out against Miami at home, and they're not as good as we thought they would be, although I think Miami's better than their Kim Palm ranking. I think they could definitely lose to Kansas and do a bunch of different other really good stuff during this slate. But I'm not sold on Kentucky going undefeated to start the year before they go on the road to play Florida. I just want to see this team. I want to see this team play before we can kind of like say that confidently. And then if they if they beat Kansas, if they're 3 and 0 and then they beat Kansas, we can have that this conversation again and then maybe Jason ends up being right. I would like to think that he ends up being right. Michael Miles 9762. He's got a uh, he's got two predictions in this one one statement here. Kentucky will be a dominant defensive team. Running the court to score, they will eventually have their rim protectors back to make a deep run in the NCAA tournament. So the two predictions here for Michael. Kentucky will be a dominant defensive team, and they will make a deep run in the NCAA tournament. Let's take a trip back here to Ken Palm. What do you define as a dominant defensive team? It certainly was not what Kentucky was a season ago. Their effective field goal percentage on defense, 48.6%, is the worst of the John Calipari era. I believe it is also the lowest ranking uh, they've had in Kempom in terms of effective field goal percentage on defense. Early on in his tenure, John Calipari had some really, really good defenses. Third in the country in effective field goal percentage. Ninth, first, 14th, 40th, first, 7th. And then things have kind of tapered off here From 2017 on. You had 44th, 17th, 22nd, 19th, 33rd, 43rd, and then 90th. So still good defenses. I mean, we're talking about 360 plus teams in Division I college basketball. I mean, they've been good defenses. But they've not been extremely dominant, or at least the majority of them have not been dominant. I think that it's possible that Kentucky is able to climb back to that standard and is able to get a top 25 effective field goal percentage team on defense or a top 25 adjusted defensive efficiency mark on Kimpom. I think that's very possible. You're going to have to have your rim protector step up. That's something that Michael pointed out here. That's something that was a big topic of conversation against teams even late in the season a year ago. Kentucky couldn't project the rim at times, and it was just simply being out-schemed. Sometimes it was just height and physicality, and they got beaten a lot of different ways uh, at the rim. That's going to have to stop if Kentucky's going to be a dominant team this season on the defensive end of the floor. And then also making a deep run in the NCAA tournament. Deep run, I think, classifies as Elite 8 or further. So Michael is saying dominant defense, Elite 8 or further, are going to have to have a dominant defense to make that Elite 8 um, I think to begin with, I'm going to give this one an eight and a half. I don't know if Kentucky's going to be a dominant defensive team this year. Said that on yesterday's show. Maybe I'm setting myself up to just be inc- incredibly wrong about this team. I don't know. I think they're going to have one of the best offenses in the country. I think they're going to score a lot. I think they're going to have some really good shooters and some really good individual players on this team, and they have great chemistry on offense. It looks like early. Are they going to be the best defensive team in the nation Are they going to be one of the best? I'd like for them to prove me wrong. The final prediction here, and this one comes, again, from Jason Eastham. Reed Shepard is our best blocker right now. I don't know if this was a bold prediction more than just a comment uh, that Reed Shepard is our best blocker right now, or or he will be the best blocker. I wanted to kind of round this show out by asking you guys, what do you think about Reed Shepard defensively? I don't necessarily have a bold, uh, bold prediction rating on this because it was less of a less of a bold prediction, more of a statement. I, I think that Reed Shepard's a good defensive player. I think he's a good defensive player for the team. Um, I think he could end up being pretty valuable. Is he going to be one of the best shot blockers on the team? Is he the best? Doubtful with guys like you got on Yenzo and Aaron Bradshaw on your roster. But I think he could be good. So I want to ask you guys, is Jason Wright, is Reed Shepard one of the best blockers right now? Is he the best blocker right now? You can let me know in the comments below. All right, that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Kentucky. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on UK. You can follow me on Twitter at Doll underscore, and you can follow the show over on Instagram. That is at Kentucky Podcast. Any questions, comments, concerns, you can leave those in the YouTube comments below. Hit me on the socials. I will see you all tomorrow for another episode of Locked on Kentucky. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day, and God bless.